Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that continues every single day to celebrate the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. You know, I have uh, in the past said things about Facebook uh, that I don't like. Their artificial intelligence, the way that they are changing society and the the way that they've contributed toward, uh, you know, creating political divide in this country. All those things are true. Um, But there's a part of of Facebook that I really like. It's the ability to be able to connect with friends and family. And um, I often use Facebook posts that I do as sort of a way of testing, you know, what's what's the pulse out there? You know, how people reacting to, to bits and pieces of information. I try to stay away from political posts. Uh, from time to time, I'll post something. And at the time that I posted, I don't really understand or haven't really thought through, could this be perceived as political? But believe me, Facebook's really good at letting me know rapidly (laughs) that it was political because once, you know, people start weighing in, then the way that the Facebook algorithms work is once there's engagement, even if it's negative engagement, people start getting engaged around that. So they know our, you know, they know our likes and our dislikes. And so so people start weighing in in a negative way about something that I post. Then what a Facebook algorithm does is it engages more people who they have found through their gathering of data who might agree with that post. And that's just the way the algorithm works. And then it kind of peaks a lot of interest and time goes on. But as as a general rule, I love the feedback that I get from Facebook because it does help me sort of, you know, monitor the tone of coastal Mississippi. And it gives me a chance to decide what I want to talk about and what I don't want to talk about. Um, I generally want coast view to be very positive. Another thing that Facebook does for me is it enables me to stay in touch with friends, friends, long lost friends. You You know, if it had not been for Facebook, so many friends that I graduated from college or high school with, or friends that people that I worked with, uh, so many people that I worked with over the many years, I wouldn't have this ability to stay in touch with them and see what's happening in their lives. And, you know, it's interesting because when we're working, we're moving so fast, we don't always get to know the people that we work with the way we probably should. And Facebook has given me a chance to sort of reconnect now that I'm retired. And, uh, you know, that's a good thing. One of those people is a, is a friend named Susan Griggs. Susan actually worked for the Keesler News the Sun Herald published the Kiesel News for many, many years, and she and I got to know each other through that. And she's retired now and uh, in, enjoying retirement. But, but I've enjoyed getting to know Susan better through Facebook and seeing where she is these days. She actually helped me get in touch with a really dear friend of ours who um, lived up in Tennessee. I was up up in up in the Smoky Mountains last year, and I had a wonderful conversation with our that long lost friend that she connected me with. And unfortunately, not long after that, he died. And uh, it was kind of, you know, it's kind of divine intervention in a way that Susan and I got to know each other. And then she reconnected me with our friend Perry. And, um, you know, we had this wonderful visit. But anyway, Susan posted something the other day on Facebook that I thought was really, really good. It was written by Rick Godwin. And here's what it said. One reason people resist change is because they focus on what they have to give up instead of what they have to gain. You know, my, my question of you is, what do you think about when you are setting goals or 
when you're we're thinking about things you want to change about yourself, do you think about the things you have to give up or do you think about the things you have to gain? It's a really interesting kind of thing to, th- to, to focus on. Speaking of social media, one thing is for sure, coming back to that post that I might, might not have really considered the political ramifications and then suddenly I get, you know, people are giving me a lot of feedback. Um, what I find generally speaking is that people are much more willing to be mean and rude, not necessarily to me, but I'm just saying in conversations that take place on Facebook, when they are in, in the quietness of their bedroom or, you know, sitting in their living room by themselves, they're willing to say things and do things to other people that they probably wouldn't do if they were in front of them, if they were, you know, having to look at them in the eyes and considering the human being that's on the other side of wherever they are when they're, when they're literally physically in front of them. Um, a friend of mine, Calvin Ishi, posted this the other day, and I thought this was terrific, and it fits sort of that theme. Show respect uh, even to people who don't deserve it, not as a reflection of their character, but as a reflection of yours. And that was Dave Willis who said that. But I, I thought that was, that's really powerful, actually, not as a reflection of their character, but as a reflection of yours. One of the things I learned as a newspaper publisher and being involved in, in, in uh, digital media for so many years was, I often thought about the action that I'm going to take. Is it okay for it to be the headline on the front page of the paper tomorrow? You know, can, can the action, can what I'm about to say, if it's private or what, otherwise, would I be okay if whatever that action was, was the headline in tomorrow's paper? That had a way of kind of changing what I was willing to do and say. And um, I think if people would refl- reflect on that, <clears throat> it's pretty powerful, actually. And you know, I think sometimes our friends who may go overboard with giving us too much feedback or maybe giving our friends too much feedback in a negative way, you know, they could use that advice that, um, you know, they, when you show respect even to the people who don't deserve it, not as a reflection of their character, but as a reflection of yours, that's good feedback. I think that people should hear that. My friend Stacy Waldrop posted this, again, with the same theme in place. Goodness is about character. Integrity, honesty, kindness, generosity, moral courage, and the like. More than anything else, it is about how we treat other people. That was by Dennis Prager who said that. So much good out there. And then my friend Deborah Harrison, who used to live in coastal Mississippi, lives up in North Mississippi now. She posted this. If you can't figure out how to be kind, figure out how to be quiet. That's pretty good. That's, that's really good, actually. Um, and then lastly, I want to share this thing that this is something that uh, Leanne Longwitz, a really good friend of mine, she lives in New Orleans now. She has a place up in Madison as well. She posted this about children, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great reminder of where this need, where this, I don't know, this desire to want to give back to the community to help us, you know, bec- help our kids become one of the thousand points of light. And I thought this is so well said, but this is by uh, Nicole Souter. Uh, may, we ri- may, we, may we raise children who love the unloved things, the dandelion, the worms, the spiderlings, children who sense the rose needs the thorn and run into rain-swept days the same way they run toward the sun. And when they're grown up and someone has to speak for those who have no voice, May they draw upon that wilder bond, those days of tender, tending tender things, and be the ones. I love that. Can they be the ones? Can we raise kids to, 
to know when there's a role for them to play in the community and a, and a gap to fill. So much there. Anyway, now let's uh, move over to my friend Paige Roberts. She's the executive director of the Jackson County Chamber of Commerce and a really dear friend. And uh, Paige, how are you doing this morning? I'm well, thank you. I'm well. It's nice to uh, kick off the week with you, Ricky, and and all of uh, those thoughts you just shared. You know, I try to share uh, a positive thought every day, and I had I saw that they were kind of you know stacking up. What I do is when I come across them, I'll do a screen grab of them and say, I'll share it on the next show. But then the next show becomes this meaty something, and I don't have a chance to really go back to my to my notes to to share them. But you know, there's a lot of advice there, a lot of good advice. You probably had the same love-hate relationship that I do with Facebook. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I think as a former journalist, we can't help it because um, when I was in journalism school, the, the number one uh, rule was accuracy. If, if your writing wasn't accurate, there was no use in anything else about it because accuracy came first. And, and we even studied the triangle method where you had to have three independent sources um, confirming the same fact before you could report it. So uh, unfortunately, we've fallen uh, quite from grace there. But I wanted to tell a quick story about Facebook, because I do love uh, all the things about Facebook that you mentioned. And I even have some close family friends. Um, the young man was adopted from a Turkish orphanage about 30 years ago, and his biological mother found him through Facebook. His, his father was uh, well-known, and, um, and she was able to find him through Facebook and, and still had the bracelet that the adoptive parents had given to her when they adopted her two kids. Doesn't speak English, had to do the trans- Turkish translation, but Facebook reunited this biological mother they thought had died, and now she has a relationship with her son. Isn't that amazing? It is. It is a, it is a great story. It is a great story. I, I wish, you know, to reflect a little bit about the, some of the, some of the statements that I read at the beginning about how we treat each other. It is true though, that people are willing to say things to another person in the world of Facebook that they probably wouldn't say to them if they had to look. No at doubt. Things. It's sad. And, and it's, um, uh, <laughs> it's evil. I mean, they, they, the way that um, people, it, it, it takes the face out of it, actually. It takes the humanity out of the communication. And when you remove the humanity from the sender and the receiver, then you end up with a very hateful speech. And yeah, there's, that there's is no doubt. very so we'll unfortunate. Back a little bit more about Facebook as it relates to the vaccine, and then we'll shift gears yeah. to what's going on in the chamber world these days. We'll be back with Paige Roberts after this break. You can also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. I hope you're doing well this morning, and we're reflecting on lots of different things with Paige Roberts this morning. She's the executive director of the Jackson County Chamber, a great friend of, of, uh, of Coast View. And we were talking about Facebook, and before we leave Facebook, because I want to I share with you that as it relates to vaccines in America, 93 million people now have been, over 93 million people have been vaccinated. And that's roughly 36% of the adult population in America have gotten at least the first dose of the vaccine. And, uh, uh, you know, as we begin this, you know, there's a fine line here between the vaccine and where we are in terms of get, giving the vaccine and getting the vaccine. I get my second shot this week. Um, there's a fine line between seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, moving toward that light a little bit too fast, which may be happening in some communities because we're seeing uh, a slight uptick in the number of cases per day. So that's a great reminder that we've got to get vaccine in people's arms. We really need to do that. That's the quickest way to get to you know, our whatever our post-pandemic life is going to be. And the other thing that Dr. Conger pointed out, and, and, and Lee Bond as well, uh, Dr. Conger, the infectious disease doctor from Memorial, and Lee Bond, the the president of Singing River Hospitals, is that one of the main reasons to get the vaccine is that we have to, we have to, in order for there to be uh, different strains of coronavirus, in order for there to be, you know, these these mutations, there has to be a host. And if you've been vaccinated, it's not easy to be a host. So we have to get vaccinated as quickly as possible. Uh, so, so coming back to you, Paige, one of the things that amazes me is, again, coming back to Facebook, they don't necessarily look to see if someone's post is true or not. So someone posted that I know, posted a, a post on Facebook that said, the vaccine is poisonous. That was, the, that was the post. And it was left up there by Facebook. And then you should see the way people weighed in. Now, here's, again, the way the artificial intelligence works is, when there starts to be peaked engagement, even if it's over fake news, <laughs> then the people who they believe, who the artificial intelligence believe would be engaged in that conversation, then, then suddenly this appears in their news feeds. And suddenly we have a lot of people who agree with each other. And Facebook is making it appear to each person involved in this conversation that everyone else agrees with them. So th they must be right. And I could I went down the, the comments here and I couldn't find a single person who disagreed with the statement that the vaccine is poisonous. It's truly remarkable. I could I've got all the comments here. I could read them to you, but you know, just say no to the jab, you know, some people would say. You know, why why are all why aren't all medical professionals getting the coronavirus, if it's so bad, I don't, I don't know what that's all about. Um, so check this one out. Giggling about the vet vaccination. Change your 99.96% survival rate to 99.7%. They got you so scared. It's really a shame. And on and on and on. That's a problem. I mean, the, the reality is the vaccine is not poisonous, and it's the fastest way for us to get to our post-pandemic life. And for anyone who doesn't get the vaccine, you could become sort of a site for there to be a mutation. This is really important. What, what do you say to that, um, uh, Paige? <laughs> well, I say I'm getting my second vaccine uh, in a week. And, it, it, you know, I'm no scientist, but I believe this is the way to herd mentality. And it's not any 
different than when I, I get my flu vaccine every year. I have my children vaccinated. It's it's a public um, it's a public service act, and for people to not um, educate themselves about it before um, pontificating about it is irresponsible. But you know, I can say that about more than just the vaccine on Facebook, as you said. Um, you know, when you were talking earlier about the headline test, I have a dear friend, Jim Brooks, uh, passed away a couple years ago, but he he would say all the time about ethics, you know, about what what you do um, and why you do it. Would it pass the headline test? Would would uh, doing this lead to a headline that uh, was good or bad? And and that's how he would. When it, one of the components he would use to make decisions, yeah, and people aren't critically thinking. Most people aren't critically thinking; they're just reacting um, and and uh, oblivious to what facts actually are. So let's let's switch gears and get to back to the chamber and your business okay. in the chamber. One of the things, Paige, that I really have enjoyed about our conversations, our multiple conversations during the pandemic, is that you and I always, you know, get back to this point of the the role the chamber has played as as a conduit for really critical information. Now, it may be that you're just listening to the business and that they, they just need someone to talk to during these difficult times, or maybe that you're providing them information that would literally could save their business. And you've had made no difference to whether they're a chamber member or not. You've just been there as this conduit in the community. What's the latest, uh, let's, let's take restaurants, for example. What's your thoughts okay. about how restaurants are doing and what, this, what the latest is there? All last week, this was on my radar. Uh, I go out to eat a lot and everywhere I went, there were either signs that a restaurant was going to be closed uh, for a meal time they wouldn't usually have been, or they were closed the whole day, um, and it was all about staffing. I mean, honestly, every day last week I ran into this, or and or heard about this happening to a restaurant somewhere on the coast, and then I saw your Facebook post this weekend about your brother-in-law's restaurant in Nashville. And I've actually been on the phone um, with three people. I have a fourth person to call today about um, what are some possible solutions to finding the people who are willing to work, who are not currently working, who would fit into that mold. I, I know, I think I know why the people who aren't showing up aren't showing up, but I'm not, that's not what I'm concerned about. What I'm concerned about is the restaurants who are finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel as far as people being able to dine at their restaurants and now they don't have the workers. I mean, I just, it's so unfair and um, unnecessary that that's, so that is on my radar of, of trying to piece together, is there something we can do to be a part of this solution? Yeah. And, you know, again, it, we can ponder all day long that the recovery efforts by the federal government have in some cases literally incented people to stay home. 
But to ponder that, it doesn't fix the problem. <laughs> That's the point that you're making. And my brother-in-law, I mean, you saw what happened at Caney Fork in, in Nashville. They right, right across from Opryland, and they literally had to shut down on a Sunday night because, you know, they it takes six workers to to run the kitchen. And it was my, my, my uh, nephew and uh, one other cook. And finally, they just said they can't, they, you know, they had to shut the restaurant down. It's a huge restaurant. And they're usually packed with people and mm-hmm. you know, this is a real problem. It's a good, it's a growing problem in coastal Mississippi. What's the answer page. How, how can we get them the workers they need? Well, I have, I have targeted some uh, groups that deal with uh, teenagers who might be available. There are certain um, populations who um, are the go-to I'm told I've reached out to some staffing companies uh, I'm 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 working to identify where uh, those people might be who would come to work, who who would work it at a restaurant. Um, while at the same time, you know, trying to find out from the restaurants exactly uh, what what the the gap is that needs to be. Is it simply just showing up to work? And if that's the case and we find you people, will you be loyal to these people after we get them there? I mean, I'm, you know, so there's a lot, anytime you're solving a societal issue or challenge, it's, you have to look at a, a lot of levels. And what about, okay, we're, we're going to get getting close to the end. I want to make sure we cover the rest of these points that we have, but, but, but what about the retirement community? Is there a way maybe to tap into that? Uh, there, yeah, that's an idea. Um, that's absolutely they um, that could very well be. And a lot of the senior centers had been closed. And so they do need things to do. Um, and a lot of them are workers. I mean, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for workers. Um, and back to what you were saying about vaccines and the chamber and Lee Bond, it reminds me I owe him a call because he suggested the chamber um uh, work with its members about getting uh, a vaccine location for our members to get vaccinated there, the ones who haven't. And so it, it is a perfect connection. The, the chamber is a great community connector. Well, we got to talk more about this challenge. And I, I, I commit that I will talk more about it and that people who you know, maybe looking for a job and an opportunity, this may be a chance to do that. And maybe the retirement community is a way to do mm-hmm. that. But we'll, I'll bring some restaurateurs on and you know, have deep conversations about how deep is this problem and uh, what are some of the possible solutions so people can learn. Hey, we can talk about the career coach program at the high schools the next time we get together. Sure. No, that was just a list yeah, of make, things. Make pitch though, and in the one minute we have left, why people should be involved in city elections. Uh, there are some great uh, projects and programs going on in the cities, um, and you need to look very closely at your candidates and see who the critical thinkers are, who has the plan, who can collaborate. I, I just think being an educated voter is the way that we keep the city's momentum that we're experiencing moving forward. It doesn't mean you have to vote for an incumbent, but it does mean you need to vote for the critical thinkers. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. And elections happening all across coastal Mississippi, a lot of forums going on, a lot of people wanting to be involved in the process. And I congratulate them for that. 
but who's the best? Who's the who's the best part? Critical thinking is a really important skill set, and this is not an easy job. I don't care if you're a council person or a mayor or whatever. But anyway, Paige, it's been a pleasure to, to catch up with you. You're a good person and uh, such a committed uh, leader in the community. I look forward to staying in touch with you. Thanks, Ricky. You bet. Take care. Have a great day. And we'll see you tomorrow. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.